Welcome to Clydesdale Media, fueled by C4, Cellucor, and Extend. Use the code Clydesdale to get 20% off the checkout at c4energy.com. On Clydesdale Media, where we bring you the widest array of content here on our YouTube channel. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channel. Hit that notifier so you first know when new episodes are available. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Clydesdale Media Podcast, where we are trying to interview as many of this year's semifinalists as possible. Uh, just so you know who's out there on the floor when you go to watch semifinals this year. Um, and we have with us back again this year, uh, Jack Rosamo. What's going on, Jack? Hey, not much, man. Thanks for having me on. <clears throat> so I got to get I got to get something out of the way. Last year, you were interviewed by Kat. Yeah. Um, she, she lives in Delaware. Okay. Um, I am sitting in Columbus, Ohio. Nice. Okay. So I've got to get one thing out of, out of, out first because of my, my, my two co-hosts live in Columbus as well. Okay. I'm a transplant. They, they're from here. Yeah. How does a Michigan kid mm-hmm. end up a Buckeye? So, yeah, it's kind of a funny story. I get that a lot. Um, so basically right out of high school, my plan, I, I wanted to go to West Point. I wanted to try to walk out and play West Point at the uh, U.S. Military Academy because um, we ran I, I played quarterback through high school and we ran option um, like all four years. So I was very familiar with that style of offense and that style of play wasn't being recruited by them or any other service academies or anything. I just um, I always wanted to, to join the military kind of growing up and through my high school years. So. That was my original plan. And then I didn't um, get accepted to West Point during my, I found that out during my spring break of my senior year of high school. And I had no other really like plans to play sports in college or, or where to go um, to college. And then super, super uh, kind of coincidentally, luckily, um, kind of however you want to put it there, my coach, my wrestling coach hit me up like two days after that, I got that uh, rejection letter from West Point that said, uh, Tom Ryan, who's the head, who's the head wrestling coach at Ohio state, um, wants, wants to know if you want to be a Buckeye. And I was like, what the heck are you talking about? Like, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a one-time state placer from Michigan. Um, so I took fourth my senior year. That was the only time that I placed at the state wrestling tournament in Michigan. Um, I had really good grades, which obviously drove a lot of that process, but it was just a super late, um, preferred walk-on situation, um, where they were obviously trying to, f- uh, fill their last few spots for the wrestling team. Um, so yeah, so a couple weeks, so I, I hopped on that call with him and a couple weeks later went on a visit, um, to Ohio state and I never really considered going there, going to really any big 10 school because I just didn't think I was good enough to play sports at that level. Um, so went on there and then that was really my only, uh, other plan, I guess that was my plan that turned into my plan B slash my, I mean, my plan a at that point, really. So I didn't, uh, it was just really surreal. It was really surreal. I was still only 17. Um, so, um, but we grew up Michigan state fans cause we grew in, we grew up in Grand Rapids on the West side of Michigan. So it's not as bad if you're not a U of M fan trying to go down to Ohio, but, uh, but yeah, that's how I ended up in Columbus. So wrestled there, um, went to school there for seven years really. Cause I did undergrad and then stayed there for law school. So, um, definitely got immersed in that culture, um, very quickly and learned what Buckeye culture is all about and how much pride people of Ohio have in the school and, and in the sports for Ohio state. So that was a very cool experience that I'll always have with me for sure. 
Well, it's funny you say uh, Michigan State. I was just in Lansing, Michigan, mm-hmm. two weekends ago filming a documentary uh, nice. with a master's athlete there. Mm. Um, and I, I, I love Grand Rapids. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to take my wife there. We just ran out of time and yeah. it rained like all weekend. So it wasn't yeah, even like that a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's awesome. I love West so, Michigan. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, and I'm actually thinking about going up there later this year because uh, I, I don't, I don't remember the name of the competition, but it is on the lake and it mm-hmm. is, and Rich Froning's going up there with a team with his oh, cousins. Really? Um, this coming summer. And, yeah, it's so, like there's one on the so, there's there's one on the coast. Is it called Fresh Coast Fittus or something like that? Yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah, that's that's the most common one. I think it's I think it's in Muskegon, which is like right on Lake Michigan. Yeah. 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 So I think I'm thinking about going up for that one, which is pretty cool. Nice. Um, but anyway, I want would you I read a quote that you had said that the one thing you learned about college wrestling is that and, and you kind of mentioned a little bit that you weren't sure you were good enough to wrestle Big Ten, but everybody is good. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I mean, you like I said, I was a one-time state placer um, that just got my absolute butt kicked uh, my first year in the room. But you have that um, you have that happening to any to a lot of first years. I mean, every every once in a while you'll have – I mean, you have absolute freak recruits who come in and they're true freshmen, and they're ready to start. They're ready to All-American and even wrestle for a national championship, but that's pretty rare. You have um, all – it's not uncommon to have three or four times state champions in high school come into a Big Ten room um, and, again, just get their just get their tail kicked because the competition is so high. People, you know, get recruited from all over the country. Um, Big Ten wrestling is, is, is like SEC football on steroids still because when you look at, like, even the last – especially this last year, but the last few years, it's been – you know, four out of the top six teams are in the national tournament are all big 10 schools. So it's just, you learn, you learn uh, that you need to (laughs) just be tough and um, you either kind of sink or swim in that environment. You have to dedicate a lot of time to your training and stuff. So yeah, I would say that everyone is indeed good at a big 10 wrestling room. Yeah. And big 10 wrestling is no joke. I grew up in Pennsylvania. Um, I am a Penn state guy. Yeah, and um, we take a lot of pride in the wrestling team at Penn State. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Those are two very uh, storied programs, and I think it's only going to keep getting better with Kale Sanderson at Penn State and Tom Ryan at Ohio State. Um, but yeah, that Northeast Ohio—that's what I—that's what I learned even more so. Like Michigan, you have a few guys um, that are good that kind of come throughout the state, but yeah, Northeast Ohio into Pennsylvania, over into like Jersey and New York—that's kind of the, the main wrestling belt for sure that um yeah so many studs come out of that area yeah what i liked about your quote was you extended it even into law school like it wasn't just sports it was life like you got into college and all of a sudden everything amped up a level yeah um and and you use that because at crossfit you're at a level now where everybody's good yeah at the level you're competing at right yeah absolutely for sure. Yeah, that's definitely to see the sport grow the way that it has is pretty wild. Um, when you just think about, um, I mean, a lot of people in my position that are kind of that um, just semifinal level right now, if you took that athlete and put them in like the early teens games, like 2010 to 2013, 14 games, like they would probably do very well, like at the games. But that's just a testament to how much the sport continues to grow. Um 
and people, you know, do it for a living, do it for a living, or they kind of find a way to have some other, you know, stream of income to where they can focus on their training or whatever, but that's what they're able to focus on. So yeah, if you want to not even succeed, but just compete on the competition floor at a semifinal level event or higher, you have to, you have to make it such a, such a integral part of your daily life that you just have this goal that you're working towards. And that's what I really enjoy about it because it's not something that just any small level of dedication and, and a few consistent training sessions will get you there. Like it's, it's um when you do well in person, it's, it's because you put in a lot of work and a lot of dedication. So. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. It's that it is so cool. Um, not only did you, you were you blessed to have an offer to go to Ohio state as like, uh, uh, an elevated walk on, but you won a national championship while you were there. Yeah. Yeah, I did for sure. For sure. That was, that was 2015. The team, the team won, um, national championship in 2015. So I have a national championship ring and three big 10, three big 10 championship rings as well. So being around those guys, um, you know, wrestling with national champions and, and world team qualifiers, um, on a daily basis, you, you have really no option, um, other than to get better and to succeed in whatever you kind of set your mind to, because I saw a quote not that long ago as well. I'm sure other people have, have, you know, it's like a commonly used phrase, but it's like, you are who you are, who you spend the most time with. you kind of become the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. So if you hang out with five losers, you're going to probably be going to probably going to become the sixth loser. Um, and vice versa. So that's what I, that's what I always try to do. Um, you don't, I try to not ever be the smartest or fittest person, um, in the room, which sometimes is hard depending on your job, um, your life circumstances. You know, even though I say that I train alone most of the time, just because I have to based on where I am and the times of the day that I have to train and, and whatnot like that. But yeah, you definitely have to have, um, you know, that's a good team around you. And that's what I've, that's what I think I've found with, um, I train with mayhem. Um, I have, I use supplements from a, from a company called edge fitness performance that, um, the owner is really awesome that I've connected with. Um, so just kind of small steps like that to where I just try to build relationships with people that share the same value system is, is the way that I try to do that, to make myself better and make other people around me better. Uh, one of our listeners, he's, he's a master's athlete. Uh, he said, the fact is so wild to me. I am fit enough now at 45 to be a contender back in 09. Right. Yeah. I don't doubt that for a second. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. How much, how much it's grown and just the, the way, the way it evolves and, and like the, the higher skill and like what was a one rep max back then versus one rep max. Now it's, it's pretty cool to see. Um, and hopefully it just gets better because then it's more interesting for everyone to watch and it just generates more interest in, in general and hopefully more earning opportunities for the athletes themselves, um, and stuff like that. So no doubt. Yeah, I, I have the privilege. I'm going to interview Anthony Davis at one o'clock today. Oh, nice. And, you know, you put you drop him in 2009. Mm -hmm. um, he would have been looked at as an alien. Yeah. With the amount of yeah, weight. His he strength lift. numbers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. That was like that was, you know, he, he's clean and jerking like most guys. One rep max deadlift today or back then. I mean, right. yeah, that's yeah, that's wild. I love Anthony. Yeah, and it actually great guy. <clears throat> Yeah. And it also goes to show you just how young the sport is. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, we, we're, we're so immersed in it and like, and I've been around since 2011 feels like a forever, but really in the grand scheme of things, 
it's a blink of an eye compared to yeah. other sports. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. <clears throat> so you said, you know, wrestling these national champions every day and fighting every day in practice. What does that, wh- what is that like when you go to law school and now in CrossFit where you've developed this mindset where you have to fight and claw for everything you get? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's just where you, um, you just, you just evolve like as, and I keep saying that word, but it's, but it's so true. Like you just, you, to look back at like the person, like the man, the athlete, um, the, the partner, whatever I was, you know, five, six years ago, it's almost crazy to me because it's almost like I, it's like not even the same person because you just, you go, you put yourself through so many kind of trials. Um, and that's the only way you get better, but like, that's, that's so important. Like there was a few conversations with my coach, coach Ryan, where, you know, my first year or two, I just wasn't doing well. Like I said, I was just getting my butt kicked every day, day in, day out. Um, it would be a win if I would kind of score a takedown or two on a guy in practice that was the starter and stuff. And we had just had conversations um, and he would just be so real with me of, Hey, you're not giving enough. You're, and I'd be like, what do you mean? I'm not giving enough. I'm getting pummeled into the ground and I can't breathe. And like, and, but the way from an outside perspective, it was just like, you're not trying hard enough. You're not putting in enough dedication. So like what, so what one person's 100% is, is totally different than another person's. Um, so I think that you just learn um, how to kind of, to kind of do that over time. And you, you look at what was an obstacle, what, what you thought was giving everything you had. Um, and then you kind of just reset and look towards another goal and, and you realize like, Hey, that actually wasn't uh wasn't giving everything I had. And you just, you just have to keep trying to get better, take it one step at a time and stuff. And that's kind of what I've tried to bring from those experiences and just hold on to the values and belief system that those coaches um, have instilled in me and just try to keep applying it. Cause that's just how, how I know that it's going to help me succeed. So you said off the top that you wanted to go to West point mm-hmm. and, um, and walk on there. You, you didn't get in, but you did ROTC through undergrad. Yeah, that's correct. So basically when I went on that visit, um, for the wrestling team, I also just met the ROTC, uh, like cadre, like the, uh, the administration basically, because even though I didn't get into West Point, that's why that's a primarily the only reason I could just candidly afford to go to Ohio state was just a scholarship from the army. So it was, um, an ROTC scholarship. I ended up earning a little bit of money from the wrestling team, like a little bit of a scholarship, but it wasn't much. Um, but primarily that's, that's, um, what I did in undergrad as well was I was in the ROTC program to become an officer in the army, um, as well. So that's what I did while I was there. So how does that work when you decide you're going to go on to grad school, uh, and become an attorney? Does the Mm -hmm. ROTC thing go along with that? Or are you like, like a guardsman at that point or how does that work? There's a few different options. The way that I did is called educational delay. So um, you are put on delay, you delay your commission, you still become an officer, but you delay your active duty status until you go through your graduate program. So whether it be law school or medical school to be an army physician, um, or I think they have it for veterinary school as well. So you can do, if you get selected, you know, everything like that has an application process and it's competitive to get selected. But if you do, um, then you, they basically just allow you to delay your commission and delay your time as an officer until you have that professional degree so that you can go right into your um, professional job. And then there's other ways that you can do it as well. Like you can 
um, like you said, be a guardsman at the same time. So you can go to drill, you can be part of the National Guard at the same time. And there's just other benefits that come with that, um, along with the bigger time commitment um, and sacrifices that go with that. But uh, yeah, there's just there's a few different options that you can do. But basically, I just went right into law school um, and didn't really have for all intents and purposes. I was a regular law student at that time. I didn't really have any uh, obligations. I didn't go to drill or anything like that. But I with the with the eye towards I knew that I was going to go back into the army as an attorney after that. Yeah, it's interesting because my uh, my cousin, who was like a brother, we were raised pretty much together growing up. He was in the Navy got all of his undergrad stuff while active duty in the Navy and then went to go to grad school. And they actually like paused his active duty status while he was in grad school. Mm. And then once he was done, he came back as like a higher yeah. officer mm -hmm. uh, and got his degree in hospital administration. I think yeah. it was. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a cool program, yeah. uh, you know, rewarding those who's, mm -hmm. who are making that sacrifice for the country. Yeah. Um, totally. So what drew you to law? <clears throat> um, I just always wanted to to get a professional degree in something. I thought I wanted to have a career um, that I could transition that I, if I wanted to, I could transition out of the military with um, and have um, just really that opportunity to do um, something, something greater and have a, and have a good solid career after that. And just, I don't know. I just, um, just kind of researched a few different things that I thought were interesting and, um, I kind of like the the mental gymnastics of being an attorney as well. Um, that uh, you know, the, just like anything else, you you get confidence through preparation. Um, you have to put in the time to um, study what's relevant. What what are the relevant authorities? What are what can you what what value can you provide to your clients? Whether it be army commanders or a civilian that needs help with something else um, that that's kind of coming to you for help, you can kind of be that source of of help and guidance for them. Um, yeah, just, just, a, just a few different aspects like that, that I liked about it. So let's get into CrossFit a little bit. Yeah. Um, you're active duty. Mm -hmm. How do you find time to train and do yeah. your day job uh, with the military? Yeah, it's, it's pretty difficult. Um, to be honest, I, you know, following like following mayhem, they, they have a lot on there and any other, just like not that mayhem is, is super special in that regard, like any other programming or that you follow, you're going to want to do multiple, several sessions a week, often two or three sessions a day. So, you know, I usually luckily um, through my job right now, even though sometimes it's, it's demanding, it might be like an eight to six type thing. Usually it's around eight 30 to five 30, something like that. And I just have to um, either get up early enough to train before work, um, or then usually, um, either come home and train right away. And my wife is just amazing. So, so if we don't have dinner until seven or seven 30, she's cool with that. Um, and just kind of do it that way. Like usually I'll either train at like six 37 AM and then 5 PM or, um, now I have a, uh, I have a one-year-old daughter, so she goes to bed around seven 45, eight. And so if that's the case, um, I usually, I'll just train at like eight or eight 30 at night um, from eight 30 to, to 10 o'clock at night or something like that. So don't really have much time for anything else. You know, <laughs> like we talked about, it's, it's, uh, it's requires a lot of dedication and stuff, but it's a, it's a goal that I have and, you know, it's not going to be forever. I don't know how long I'm actually going to compete for, but I'm, I'm 27 now. I hope to, to keep taking it seriously and see what I can do until I'm at least 31, 32, 33, something like that. So I know it's not forever. Um, but I do find enjoyment out of it. Like I just, I know 
the level of work and dedication that it takes. And if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. Like I'm not going to kind of, uh, you know, just kind of half-ass training or something like that. And then lie to myself when I don't do well in a competition or provide, you know, always hang on to these excuses of like, well, if I would have had more time to train or if I would have done this or that better, um, I don't want to be in that position. I want to give everything that I can to it um, and see where it takes me. So if that takes, you know, if that requires me to train at odd times, then I'll do it, which often it does. Um, and obviously just a lot of emphasis on like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So when I'm not working much um, Friday, you know, Friday nights through Sunday, like I'll try to train as much as I can over the weekend. Um, so that's kind of what it looks like. Yeah. And training at eight thirty at night might be an advantage this year with the big numbers. You yeah. could be doing a wad at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, I know. That's kind of, that's a good point too. It's, and um, I try to implement that stuff in my train because, you know, some, if you're at the game, sometimes they'll do that where they'll bus you to an event at like seven in the morning, or like you said, your heat might not, if you're in the last heat um, of the last event, it might be eight or nine o'clock at night. Yeah. Especially this year with the larger um, total participants and semifinals. So yeah, I try to do that just when I'm thinking and training, if I don't feel, feel good or I'm like, Hey, it's late. I don't really want to go do it. You know, that's not uh, realistic when you get, you're never going to feel good um, or have control over when you can do the events at a competition. So um, try to do that. Um, and, and also little things like that you try to implement into your training, such as like the, the, the lead time. That's the, that's one of the craziest things about CrossFit that people might not know that when all these people do, um, <laughs> really well in like an online event or they like to have those controllables for an online event when they're in their gym and they can have all these people helping them and they can warm up properly and then have, you know, exactly three to five minutes between their workout or sorry, between their warm up and the start of the workout. But that's not the case when you're um, at the mercy of the event programmers and, and how they, how they're able to try to run the event. Like you'll have rarely less than 10 minutes between the time where you can do your last warm up and they're corralling you to the event. And when you actually start the event, usually it's like 15 to 20 minutes. So you'll do your warm up, and then it'll be at least 15 minutes before you start the event. So you're not ever really truly warm when you do an event at semifinals or at the games. Um, and that's just, you know, kind of the way, the way it has to work, I guess, with how many athletes in the layout of the space and stuff. So I try not to stress too much about what times I'm training or if I'm not super warmed up before something you know, I try to because otherwise you risk getting hurt or you just longevity. It doesn't make sense. But yeah, it's um, yeah, I try to try to try. You try to take everything in stride and look at the positives. And and um, even though I don't have a situation right now to where everything is ideal and all I do is focus on training all day, um, I try to look at the ways that I am blessed um, with the with the good job that I have um, and the good people that I've met and the training that I'm following and just try to make the best of everything. <clears throat> So let me ask you this with, with you being a mayhem athlete, I know they have this new like athlete center at the gym down there. Do you get any opportunities to go down and work out down there during the year? So I, I personally, pretty much yeah. stuck? I personally haven't been there yet because again, I live in Kansas um, or I'm back around family in Michigan. So um, if I ever get the, the opportunity to be, near that area, then I definitely would uh, take advantage of that. I think that that's what that athlete training, uh, that athlete training area is for, um, is for people who at least qual who are at least semifinal uh, qualifiers. So if you've in the last year or this upcoming year, if you're a semifinal level athlete or higher, then it's kind of just like an open door policy, I think, to come train whenever, 
at that event. So it looks pretty sick. Hopefully, hopefully it can do it soon. Yeah. It's funny when I was last at mayhem, it was for the mayhem classic. And that was a tent where the athletes would warm up. Um, yeah. And they've now made that a permanent building, which is, yeah. I'm, I'm really excited to see it. Yeah. Um, definitely. I wanted to ask you this as well this year, mm-hmm. something very different is you knew where you were going to semifinals before mm-hmm. the season started. Yeah. Did that make any difference this year? Um, not really. No. Like in terms of okay. like, what do you mean? Just how I approached the season or whatever. Well, yeah. Like last year you didn't know if you made semis, you didn't oh, know yeah. if you're going to Canada or yeah. if you were going to go to yeah. one of the other three this year, you knew before you even started your, if you made it, you're going to Pasadena. Yep. Yeah. I thought that was cool. I mean, I've never been to California actually. Um, so it'll be an interesting experience to go there, but no, I didn't change anything. You know, my goal, my goal is to not at least this year, uh, my goal is to not just make the games, but do well at the games, top 10 at the games, top, top 10. Yeah. I would say, um, so for me, um, I know that some people try to like, oh, the West is not as deep as the East. So I'm going to try to have an address and register in the West um, somehow or, or whatever some people try to do with that. For me, I don't think it, <clears throat> it doesn't really matter where I'm, where I have to qualify through or who I have to go up against. Like if my goal is what I just said it is, it doesn't really matter um, where I have to compete, what times I have to compete. I'll show up and I'll show up and throw down whenever against whoever. Um, because that's just, uh, that's just who I am and, and kind of how I approach things. Your, your seating coming in compared to the last two years has improved tremendously. Yeah. In 21, you were the 123rd seed in North America, then 78th and 22, and now ninth in the West. Um, huge. And so you're in that, you're in that final heat to yeah. start the weekend. Yeah. How big, how big of a deal is that for you? Yeah, that, that's that's a very um, it's very cool to see the improvement as well. Um, I definitely that's you know you want to see that trajectory um, and just your I guess when you do look at the leaderboard, you compare some names um, in previous years. You obviously do want to see that 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 improvement. Um, I was actually talking to Jake, who is one of the I think he's like the head coach of Mayhem, the head programmer of Mayhem, um, and we were messaging after, and he was like, "I think you should redo." He was like. Um, He's like, hey, I was talking to so-and-so and I, I saw your time for workout five, which ended up being by far my worst workout um, for the quarterfinals. I didn't think it would be that bad. I finished and I was like, oh, like it was sub six. It was like 557, I think my time. I was like, oh, I think sub six will be decent, like probably top hundred or so. So, um, but apparently it wasn't. I, I think it's because, a little side note, the gym that I train at um, in Manhattan, Kansas, um, had, it doesn't have like the legit comp ropes, like the really sticky orange or sorry, like I guess brown ropes. They're kind of like older, worn white ropes. And so that workout um, definitely just came down to how quick you could get through those last nine rope climbs. And obviously, I just took way too long to do that. <laughs> and he was messaging. Anyway, Jake was messaging me and was like, I think you should redo it just to ensure. Obviously, me qualifying was not was a non-issue. But he was like, just to ensure that you get in the last heat, you should redo it and try to get like 530, sub 530. And um, at that point, um, I had done workout four and five on Saturday. So I had time to do it on Sunday. But I basically was just like, I don't want to do it. <laughs> I just want to take Sunday off <laughs> and then get back to, to regular training and stuff. I was like, I don't want to redo it. And, and I basically was like, I don't believe you. I don't think I need to. Um, and then the, the, the deadline came and I was in like 11th. And I was like, dang, he got I was like, dang, he was he was uh, he was right, because 
um, I was like, dang, I'm not in the final heat anymore. I think I was like tied with Chandler for like 11th. Um, and obviously you could see that workout five is kind of what screwed me because I wasn't like fifth in the West. But then after video review, I think some people got scores docked and it readjusted and I gained some points. And that's kind of how I'm in ninth now. So it was funny because then I messaged him after the video review concluded. Um, all five of mine were validated like right away. So that was that was good for me. Um, and I was like, hey, I was like, see, I told you I didn't need to redo it. <laughs> I'm, I'm like in the final heat by like two points. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, to your question, it's, it's awesome. It makes a huge difference. Um, in the past, you know, like just based on my past experiences, like being on the, on the floor with the final heat guys, um, even though it's obviously individualized sport, you have to do your own, you have to go into a workout knowing whether it's, um, a strength for you or not and where you should pace and where you should push. But, um, that's not to say that it still doesn't matter when you have the best guys to your left and right um kind of pushing you through that workout it might be enough to just give you a little bit more juice to kind of finish the workout strong and, and give you um 10 or 15 seconds better on a workout which could be a ton of points um when it's all said and done so i'm super happy you know to be at least for the first day in the in the final heat up against the best guys which um i mean you got you got a lot of the top guys in the west the west obviously isn't as deep top to bottom i think as um, like the back half of the West um, versus the back half of the East. But I mean, top 10 in the West is obviously still very legit. So um, very, very excited to, <laughs> to be in that group of guys. And uh, hopefully we'll, we'll see uh, how it goes. Yeah. It's a couple things. Um, we're doing a series where we're following seven athletes through the season. Mm -hmm. um, and they were saying coming in, that that final heat was the big goal, right? That's really the only quarterfinal goal. It wasn't right. to win it. It wasn't to do anything like that. For sure. But what it does, not only do you go against the best of the best, but you know what's happened before you. Yep. And you yep. know what's possible. Yep. Right? So you can you can adjust strategies last second. You can, mm -hmm. you know, if there's an outlier to the whole thing, mm -hmm. all of that stuff, instead yeah. of guessing. And yep. it makes a huge difference. So that's really cool. Yep. Yeah, the I other comment I wanted to make is uh, with the white ropes. The documentary yep. I did two weeks ago, that's what they had to use Okay. Were the white ropes. Yeah. And they were talking about how, what a tremendous difference it was yeah, it from that like brownish tacky rope yep. to the white nylon rope Yeah. and how much more slick it was. Yeah, definitely. Once you go from the nylon back to um, – the regular, you know, the comp ropes, the, the brown ropes, it feels like you got Velcro on your hands. You're like, I don't even have to squeeze. I just have to like touch my hands and that's, <laughs> and I'm going up the rope. So yeah, it's a good training rope though. I mean, cause you're like, if I can, if I can get good, good times and uh short rests on this white rope, then once I get to a competition, you know, the brown ropes, it's going to be no problem. And it's good for me actually, because that's gymnastics volume is just where it was, what's been a struggle for me um, to, from a point, just from a points perspective and, and a weakness, I guess, of mine is, is high volume gymnastics and pulling, um, body weight pulling. So rope climbs is something that I just have to keep getting better at. So that that's a, even more of a motivation to keep using those white ropes. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. So when you were here in Columbus, did, did you CrossFit? So, yeah, I, I did, uh, right after it was kind of like during my last year of wrestling, I was in law school. So I wasn't, I actually couldn't uh, make wrestling practice like two, two days out of the week. I think that was my redshirt senior year. Um, I was, I guess, technically on the depth chart. Like I was second in two different ways in 184 and 197. So um, 
I was still trying to to make practice as much as I could. Um, but it just did give me an opportunity to like go to early morning um, classes and stuff. So I did find the 2017 open as the first open I did. And I walked into a fit club, which is downtown Columbus um, or just off the side of it. So yeah, I know Mitch Potter there, super awesome guy. Um, he's very cool. Owner of that gym gave me, gave me an opportunity to just really get to know the sport and uh, met some, some cool people there. Um, one of my old coaches, Michael, Michael Beatty, um, very cool guy as well, who kind of introduced me, helped me a lot with those gymnastics. Cause right away, you know, I, you know, you were, you just kind of come in with that sport base of athleticism and cardiovascular system from wrestling. So like, you know, I think that 17.1 was that dumbbell snatch burpee box jump over workout, um, which I just did well at because it doesn't require any real technique. I think I couldn't walk the next day because it was the, it was the first time I had like, like done a weighted dumbbell snatch and like 150 of them. I was like, I couldn't walk cause I couldn't bend over, but um, yeah. So that was really cool. So I, yeah, I stayed at fit club for a few years and, and trained there. So yeah, that's how I, that's my first, my first gym really. Yeah. And infamous in the Glassman versus uh, case, right? Yeah. Uh, versus yep. Ohio state and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. The NS, that um, was like the NSCS case. Yeah. 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 I love Fit Club because they have that park out back. Yeah. And they used to, yeah. pre COVID, they used to hold the summer Fit Club games. Yep. Yeah. An all outdoor event. And we yeah. would go down and watch that every year. It was amazing. Yeah. I think Mitch brought that back like either last year or the year before. I saw one. Um, have to look it up on, on their Instagram or something as well. But there was, yeah, that, that right there in that park by downtown, it was always pretty cool to do stuff out there yeah they they're doing a lot of collaborations with another gym uh future crossfit future oh yeah mm -hmm. uh where they're coming together to do bigger competitions in town nice uh as a as a tandem it's it's really cool yeah um chelsea miller is saying uh train with christy o'connell she is insane at upper body pulling um she yeah. is because that's the gym i go to um, and watching her work every day yeah 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 yeah, if I ever go back to definitely want to – that's that's one. I actually never went to CrossFit Polaris, but I think um, through the wrestling program and through CrossFit, I talked to Dan Bailey a few times as well. So I never uh, never made it up there, but I wanted to, to like try to train with Dan and Christy um, a few times. So if I ever – I'm sure I'll be back for, you know, whatever reason, but next time I go back to Columbus, Polaris will definitely have to be drop-in spot. <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a nice gym. They have all the toys. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so what's the plan from now till Pasadena? Uh, you gonna are you gonna deload for semis or do you have bigger goals than that and just uh, maybe a mini? Yeah, it'll probably be more like I said, definitely want to peak for semis, so I'll definitely do some kind of deload, um, the week leading up to it, but but definitely the next six weeks, there's definitely the next uh, you know, six weeks or so is full on full full go full training because this past weekend with the travel and um, a family wedding and stuff um you know kind of kind of was limited on time here and there so it's not i didn't like um train out of my mind the last week or so so it's kind of like a mini deload so i'm feeling feeling pretty good today and this week so the next six weeks um hit it hard as hard as i possibly can and then do a good little taper for semis and uh then let it rip there and and see where it goes yeah. And then my last question for you is last year when you were talking to Kat, 
Uh, she asked you if you were with the U.S. Army Warrior Fitness Club fitness yep. team, yep. and you said you were an at-large athlete, and you yep. explained kind of what all that meant. Are yep. you still with them? Yep, the exact same scenario. So that's just what I'm doing. So I'm training. Um, you know, I'll represent them at semifinals. Um, actually, there might be. I might try to go there for a training camp, um, like leading up to semis, either at the end of April or the first week of May, um, at their facility in Fort Knox. So. I'm still with them. I'm going to continue to be with them. I'm excited for some opportunities that are probably coming up with, with the team um, that aren't really official yet, but just kind of in the talks. Um, so definitely still grateful to represent them and have them support me and the, just the endeavors of the sport. So, yeah. Are, are you going to make the army your career or are you looking to do uh, other things? I haven't really decided yet. Um, so I have, a, I have a, I have like a almost two years left, like on my obligation or my contract, however you want to, however you want to word it. So I think we'll just kind of see how the next year, year and a half goes and then make a decision that's best for uh, my family and, and my wife and my, my kids and myself. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll just have to see where it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been a blast, Jack, um, getting to know you and I will see you in Pasadena. Sounds uh, good. So that's be, about my first trip to California too. Yeah. You're gonna be there. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I've uh, yeah. I've just seen a few memes about like what to what what to look out for in LA, such as like go to this beach and not this beach because you'll get stabbed at this beach or the other way around or whatever. So yeah, yeah. So Wad we'll Zombie is one of our loyal listeners. Oh, nice. uh, he has done an amazing job with those memes. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But yeah, I'm super excited. Um, yeah, to see to see that uh, that area and yeah, I can't wait for it. So we actually have one more question from Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, any plans to do Mayhem's occupational games if they do them? And I don't even um, know if you it, know about that. Honestly, Mitch I don't. announced on. When did he announce it? Uh, last week on Savon, he announced okay. that Mayhem is going to do an occupational games because okay. CrossFit has dropped it from this season. Oh, gotcha. Um, I think it's going to be an off-season competition okay. uh, where kind of break up training in the yeah. off-season. Okay. Uh, but yeah, bringing it back through Mayhem's platform. Okay. Yeah, if they definitely do something like that, and it's um, and it's something that I can fit like in my in like the kind of training cycles and whatnot. If it doesn't butt up against something else that I'm doing, um, and I'm able to, absolutely, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, I think actually with Mayhem doing it and their marketing behind it, it will be yeah. bigger than the CrossFit version. Yeah, absolutely. And like, like I said, me following Mayhem, I'm sure that it's not like them both doing it. I'm sure it'll work great, like how they're going to fit it into their their training cycles and, and the season and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think Angelo's programming it okay. um, through his uh, Everyday Heroes track. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Angelo and uh, the team that he's on with Sam, Sam and Zoe um, are actually from West Michigan as well. So Sam Demeester and Zoe Jones, they're from uh, Three Rivers, which is just south of Grand Rapids. Um, so they, uh, we, <clears throat> whenever we can, like we train together. Um, so whenever we're like happen to be both back in West Michigan or whatever, but, uh, hopefully excited to see how their team does this year as like kind of the lead mayhem team. <clears throat> yeah. That's going to be fun. Yeah. No doubt. Well, thanks again, Jack. Have a great rest of your vacation. No problem. We'll get, we'll let you get back to that and we'll see you in Pasadena. Thanks Scott. Appreciate it. We'll see you later. All right, listeners. We'll see you next time on the Clydesdale media podcast. Thank <laughs> you.